We were not built to walk around feeling like garbage. And you know when something's not right. You know when something is off. Do not accept, here's a pill, go on your way, thanks, bye-bye. Hey there, welcome to the Biohacker Babes podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Renee, a certified nutritional consultant with a master's degree in nutrition. What's up? And I'm Lauren, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and check movement specialist. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. Our mission is to provide actionable steps so you can optimize your health, strengthen your intuition, and support your body's natural healing abilities. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome to episode 107 of the Biohacker Babes. I am Lauren, tuning in from New York City, and I'm joined by my sister across the country in Las Vegas. Hello, hello. Excited to be here. That is Renee. We are sisters, <laughs> and we are really, really excited to talk about thyroid health today. I don't know how we have gotten this many episodes in and have not taken a deep dive on it. I know we've talked about it briefly, loosely, but today... This is your guide. We have an expert, Dr. Amy Horneman. She is our go-to gal for all things thyroid health. And I think she is just so inspiring, so motivational, and so empowering because she went through her own thyroid struggles. She figured it out. Uh, she was told by so many doctors that she was fine. She knew she wasn't fine. So I think she's just a great spokesperson for us not taking normal, quote unquote, normal as an acceptable answer. It's such a bigger picture. We have so many other healing opportunities and she really advocates for not taking that answer until you have the answer that works for you. And we really love her and respect her for that. I think you're going to really understand the ins and outs of thyroid because whoo, complicated, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And I agree. She's so passionate about people just not giving up, like keep searching, find the answers to why you don't feel your best. So love, love her energy around that. But yet thyroid is so complicated. It's not just go to your doctor, get your TSH checked. Thyroid is good. Thyroid is bad. Done. Like it is very complicated. You need to be working with someone like Dr. Amy Horneman. If you have mm -hmm. a thyroid issue, it's just, it's way more complex than the average doctor is going to let you know about. Yeah. And even functional med doctors are missing some of the stuff and the lab work is not the end all be all. That's why we always talk about basics, sleep, but also, you know, testing your hormones. The Dutch test is fabulous. Looking at your gut health, it's all very intimately connected and you will learn why that is very soon. Yeah. So and I will say grab pen and paper because I was taking notes during this episode. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to want to write some things down, but of course, check out the show notes too. We will do our best to link to everything in there. Absolutely. Right. All right, here is Dr. Amy's bio. Dr. Amy Horneman, aka the Thyroid Fixer, is a woman on a mission to optimize thyroid patients around the world and give them their lives back using her transformational program, the Complete Thyroid Fix Method. After her own experience of insufferable symptoms, misdiagnoses, and improper treatment, Amy set out to help others who she knew were experiencing the same set of frustrations and who were on the same medical roller coaster. 
She grabs your hand, gives you answers about your health that no one has told you, and gives you the actual tools and treatment to fix you. That's the transformational journey. With a focus on optimizing thyroid function and thus optimizing her patients, Dr. Amy looks at each person as a unique individual and not just a lab value. She examines all factors that tie into thyroid dysfunction and thyroid symptoms and treats the person from top to bottom to give them their lives back. Oh, that is one of my favorite bios of all time. That's amazing. (laughs) She's amazing. I just love this episode and I can't wait for you all to tune in. Let's do it. Let's bring Dr. Amy on. Dr. Amy, welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you here today. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to talk about everything. Yeah, I was talking about how we've um, surpassed 100 episodes and we have not done a deep dive on thyroid. It is definitely time to do this. So we're so happy that you were the one to bring this information to our audience. There is so much confusion about thyroid health, all the different protocols, medications, and we love that you always recommend coming back to the basics, not just looking at the labs, but making sure they correlate with your symptoms. And we know Mm -hmm. you've experienced thyroid troubles yourself, so you know what it feels like to maybe not have answers. So to kick this off, we would love to hear, how did you finally discover that you had a thyroid issue and maybe what made you so passionate about going deeper and educating others on this? Yeah, absolutely. So if we rewind 25-ish years ago, I was competing in fitness figure, bodybuilding. If any of you know that, it's where you have to really diet down and you have a strict diet and you're going to the gym twice a day. Then you stand on stage on in a bikini and you get judged. And it, you know, it was a challenge. I was like challenges. I was always an athlete. So I was doing that and fitness modeling. And I had, I, I do not come from a family of skinny minis. We have diabetes. We have obesity in my family. And so I would always have to bust my butt to really get down to that stepping on stage weight, stepping on in front of the camera shape. And, but I had done it enough. I knew what I had to do. And this one particular show I was getting ready for, the weight was coming on instead of going off like it should. And even just from a biological standpoint, right? We know that if you are eating perfectly clean and keeping your insulin low and and doing all the right things and you're training correctly and you're doing the weights and cardio, that, that your body should respond. Mine wasn't. Mine was actually going the other way. And then I started with the fatigue and the hair loss. So I went to six different doctors saying to them, listen, these are my symptoms. This is what's going on. Oftentimes I would cry, the, by the sixth doctor that told me I was normal and just eat less and exercise more, I cried in my car. I remember putting my head on the steering wheel, bawling because I just wanted a diagnosis. I wanted there to be something wrong with me so that there was then a fix for it, whether it's a pill or whatever. Just stop this weight gain roller coaster that I'm on and get me my life back. So, six different doctors. Seventh one diagnosed me, but wouldn't do anything more than the conventional medicine. Here's some Synthroid, see you bye. And I gave it five months because back then I didn't know any better. I was not in the functional space yet. Gave it five months, no change. Then I went back to that particular doctor and I said, you know, I've been just doing this read like we all do, right? Dr. Google. Well, back then, I don't even even remember having a computer. I I don't even know how I found this information. I, I probably grabbed a book. And I said, you know there's this T3 thing. And I'm just wondering if we can explore that more because it really seems like this T3 is active. 
And it's really powerful. She goes, I don't do that. Okay, well, I'm going to find somebody who does. And that led me into functional medicine. And back then it might've been called integrative, uh, but my functional medicine doctor that I saw saved my life, diagnosed me properly, tested properly, treated properly. You know, years later, I went back in and I said, Hey doc, what's this acne? He goes, Oh, you got PCOS. Okay. We're going to, we're going to do this. And that did not put me on birth control for PCOS, did not just stick me on Synthroid for my thyroid. So he gave me my life back and that was it. I knew there was something inside me that said, you know what? The frustration that I went through, I am one person who actually knows how to eat and who, who knows what to do. And I'm getting told to eat less and exercise more by these guys. Mm. So I went right into, right down the path of diving, changing my career path and getting into functional medicine, uh, specializing in the thyroid, specializing in hormones. So I can help people that went through that same disastrous mess that I did. Yeah. You're, you're definitely not alone in that. I mean, I hear these stories all the time and I will say personally during my health journey, I was dealing with like chronic fatigue, brain fog. I remember the exact day when my functional medicine doctor finally said, Oh, it's your thyroid. We'll put you on nature thyroid. And I remember I I got in the car and I immediately popped the first one because I was so excited. Like it's thyroid. This is what it's been all along. Yep. I felt worse on it. Ended up being like adrenals and HPA access, long story there. But I just remember that day of being like, this is what it is. Like you, when you are really sick, you just want that lab result that's going to tell you your problem. This right. is right. Yeah. End it. to the misery. Yeah. So speaking of lab testing, let's break that down for everyone. So what are traditional doctors testing? What are functional medicine doctors testing? What should we be testing? Let's break all the hormones down. Yeah. So knowing now what I know, I can look back at my experience and say, you know, those first five, six doctors, they were only testing TSH and maybe free T4. I don't remember my labs back then because I wasn't in this space yet, but I did what everybody does. I trusted my doctor to run the appropriate labs to get the full picture of my health, thyroid, whatever they were looking for to explain the weight gain, the fatigue, the hair loss. So TSH, free T4, that's what you will get when you walk in and you say, can I have a full thyroid panel? Conventional medicine's idea of a full thyroid panel is let's test TSH because that's what we learned in med school. And if TSH is high and out of that standard lab value range, then maybe you'll get the diagnosis of hypothyroidism. Maybe you won't actually. I've seen people walking around with the TSH of five, six, seven, and they still don't get diagnosed. But then even beyond that, your TSH, thyroid-stimulating hormone is a a marker of your pituitary function and what the pituitary is reading in your body. It's not a thyroid hormone marker. So it's the pituitary basically saying, does this person have enough thyroid hormone in their body to run the show? Yep. Okay. Then we'll be quiet, right? So think about like when your kids are acting up and, and you're like, you know, Johnny, can you please just, you know, go pick up your toys? And then he doesn't. And then you go, Johnny, can you please go pick up your toys? And you, know, you start to, your voice starts to get louder. <laughs> louder and louder. Louder and louder. You're like, mm, okay, this needs to be done. So that's your pituitary <laughs> sending out the message to your thyroid saying, hey, you need to wake up. You need to do your job. So as TSH goes up and, and gets louder, that's the, the more hypo you are. 
So high means low with TSH. The higher that gets, the lower your thyroid is functioning. It's not listening. It's Johnny not listening to his mom. So then beyond that, so we can use that as, as a predictor or as a marker if it's, if, if it's screaming. But what if it's not screaming? We have to look beyond that. We have to look at the actual thyroid hormones. So that's free T4 and free T3. Now, T4 is just your storage. You do not have receptor sites on your cells for T4. T4 has to convert, and we'll get back to that. The second hormone is T3. T3 is active. That's what gives you metabolism, grows your hair, strengthens your nails, give you, gives you a good mood, allows you to sleep, allows you to not be constipated, right? Because that's one of the symptoms too. So T3 binds to the receptor site on the cell because all of our cells, every single cell in our body, including our heart, our brain, that's where the brain fog comes in and confusion. Every cell in your body has a receptor site on it for T3, the active thyroid hormone. So of course we need to see what your level of free T3 is to see how much of that active thyroid hormone you have to get to the cell to do its job and run your body properly. Those are the thyroid hormones. Now we have the anti-thyroid hormone and this is where T4 comes back into play. We have something called reverse T3 that we like to test. Free T4, the, the thyroid hormone T4 has two choices. Think of two paths and it's, it's at a divide. It gets to choose to go to T3, which is that's what we hope, or it can go to reverse T3. Reverse T3, I do love analogies. Reverse T3 <laughs> is like a bouncer at the club. Standing outside the doors, arms crossed, saying to T3, you know what? You're not getting in and you're not getting in either. It will block T3 from getting into the cell. That's why it's such a vital marker that we have to test. And I have to tell you, I have, I have so many patients that have their endocrinologist, their doctor say, no, we only test reverse T3 when you're in the hospital, in the ICU. Like, well, hello, it's a survival mechanism of our body to increase reverse T3 when we are in trauma, an injury, a, a, a severe illness. When you're in the ER, when you're in the ICU, if we test your reverse T3, it's probably going to go up because your body is so smart. It says, you know what? You don't need to burn fat right now. And you don't need to grow your hair right now. You don't even need to think right now. You need to survive. So that reverse T3 will go up to shut down your metabolism and all those processes that your body doesn't need to be expending energy on because it needs to heal and keep you alive. But what if your reverse T3 is high when you're trying to go to work and take care of the kids and run a business? I mean, that's not good because now you're in survival mode when you're trying to just live life and you're not in the hospital. We have to check reverse T3 to make sure that you're not converting to the anti-thyroid hormone and you don't have a bunch of little bouncers outside your cell doors not allowing the T3 to come in. So that's the other marker. Then we have to do TPO and TGA antibodies. Those are the markers for Hashimoto's. Hashimoto's is the autoimmune form of hypothyroidism. 95% of all hypothyroidism is the autoimmune form. It is Hashimoto's. Now those antibodies, you know, sometimes they come up as a false negative. Sometimes they'll come up, let's say most lab value ranges have the antibodies. They like them. You get that little less than sign, less than 20. And if you're over 20, then you'll get flagged. But if you're less than 20, your doctor will tell you, oh, you know, you don't have Hashimoto's. Well, okay. What if you have 15? You're really, really close to being flagged. 
You have 15 antibodies. You have 15 soldiers that are against you. They like to go out and beat up your thyroid. They really do. They're just confused. They don't understand that your thyroid's a good guy. They think it's a bad guy. They think it's an invader. They send out the troops. Those 15 troops go out and beat up your thyroid. Eventually, those troops will multiply. And eventually, you will get actually flagged if your doctor continues to test TPO and TGA. You will get flagged because those will grow. But by the time you're flagged, you know, you might be 20, 30 pounds overweight and you might be experiencing extreme fatigue and you might have some alopecia bald spots on your head and you might have some other autoimmune conditions that are popping up like rheumatoid arthritis or psoriasis or Crohn's disease. That's why we like to catch it early and look at your labs through a functional medicine, optimal lab value range. Where, where are you going to be optimal? Not just surviving, but where are you going to feel your absolute best? I know that was yeah, a so answer. No, that was <laughs> amazing. Okay, so we know the traditional medicine doctors are not looking at optimal ranges. They're looking at a wider variation in ranges, but even some functional med doctors are looking at optimal, but maybe aren't catching these very delicate relationships to each other. So those first six doctors that you saw, what were they not catching in those very delicate relationships that would flag something as not normal or not optimal, as you said? Yeah, I know. I wish I could go back and see my labs. I don't think we were we were at the computerized state back then. We all had paper copies that I used to keep, but I don't have them from that long ago. I would love to know what my what my numbers were back then because now I'd be looking at them from a totally different lens. Yeah. My guess is that they tested TSH, maybe T4. I most likely came in Knowing, knowing what I know now, I bet money I came in in the TSH probably above a two in functional medicine. That's like a hello, red flag, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but probably below a 4.5, which is the cutoff for TSH. It shouldn't be that high. It used to go up to 10. Then it went down to six. Now mm-hmm. it, it's at 4.5, but we're still arguing that that needs to be a narrower range because a lot of people are getting undiagnosed, misdiagnosed. So I bet my TSH was above a two, but below the 4.5. And then I was called normal, quote unquote, free T4. If they did it again, I could have came, it could be a one, a 1.1, a 1.2, still not optimal. I like 1.5 or above. And I would bet money to this day, they never tested free T3, reverse T3 or the antibodies. And they sure as heck weren't listening to me as a patient and my symptoms. Yeah. I see a lot of client labs that only have those few markers and I've experienced other doctors. I'm like, I want the full thing. And they just roll their eyes. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, we continue to have symptoms. So what else can we be looking for? And is there something else on a lab that we may be missing? I mean, obviously the pituitary talking to the thyroid is only a small part of the picture. Like what else do we need to be looking at to make sure that we're, you know, crossing all of our T's and dotting our I's? So those are just the thyroid labs, but then we go beyond that because thyroid is the master gland, but it's going to affect every system, every hormone in your body will start to go wonky when the thyroid is off because that's controlling the show. So we, of course, we have to look at all the sex hormones, progesterone, estrogen, free and total testosterone, DHEA, pregnenolone. We look at all of those because those can be off contributing to the symptoms that are related to thyroid disease. And then they can also be contributing to that T4 
to reverse T3 conversion. So if you're walking around with high estrogen, estrogen dominance, that will interfere with T4 to T3 conversion and that T4 will convert to reverse. And remember, high reverse, anti-thyroid hormone, it's going to put the brakes on. So if T3 is the gas, reverse T3 are the brakes. That's putting the brakes on everything if you have high estrogen, if you have high insulin. So that's another marker that we look at, fasting insulin levels. And that, oh, that range is so big. It's so big. And technically, if you are above a six in your fasting insulin, you are insulin resistant. And I see insulin resistance 99% of the time with hypothyroidism, but it goes undiagnosed because they're waiting until you get up to like a 25 before they even say, oh, hey, Susie, your insulin's a little bit elevated. Maybe you have some insulin resistance, but that's a huge factor. If insulin is high, that's going to interfere with T4 to T3 conversion. We have to look at your vitamin D levels, your zinc, your magnesium, your selenium, your iodine. There's so many other factors that come into play to really get that full picture of what's going on with you. But if we start with the master gland and then go down from there and start peeling the layers of the onion, you know, we just peel them away, peel them away. And that's why I always tell people, look for functional is great. Starting with functional is great, but you have to look for a functional or integrative doctor that specializes in the thyroid because Mm -hmm. if they don't specialize you still might get just the TSH and free T4 done, even though they're functional. And then, but then they'll be looking at your gut. And while the gut is so important, we don't start there. We have to look at your thyroid levels and then see how the gut is playing into it. It's just, it's a beautiful Mm -hmm. complex circle that I just love with the human body. (laughs) But I, I always, I encourage people, if you are experiencing those symptoms, you need to find a thyroid specialist in the functional community. Yeah. yeah I love that you it call it sense. beautiful because it's frustrating and terrifying and confusing, and <laughs> but it's beautiful. <laughs> yes. 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 Everything I is connected. That. Yeah, absolutely. So how does the gut play a role in thyroid hormones and the liver and what else is going on there? So the interesting thing with the gut, as we're peeling that layer of the onion, right? And we're peeling away and peeling away and we're digging deeper and digging deeper and we're treating. So we're treating the thyroid we're treating insulin resistance, we're changing lifestyle, we're changing diet, we're getting you to sleep, we're we're checking your hormones, maybe using some bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. And let's say you're still just, that thyroid hormone that we're giving you medication-wise just isn't doing its job. Or like you said, you, you got worse. So now we have to think, okay, if there is something going on with the gut, all of us have leaky gut. We all have a little bit of dysbiosis. Nobody's guts are perfect these days because of day-to-day <laughs> exposure, right? Yep. But if we start looking, and I find this very interesting with my patients, if we do a GI map, there will be candida, H. pylori, sometimes parasites. Um, I know there are docs out there that say everybody has parasites, but sometimes I'll see them come up. Sometimes I won't, but we'll see the imbalance of the gut microflora and what's going on in the gut in that test. And then we go, okay, then that's why you're not responding to thyroid hormone properly because you have all Mm. this going on. And then we start treating it and boom, the uptake is better. You actually notice the improvements of the, the different treatment and modalities that we're using. So that's really where the gut comes in. And remember T4 to T3 conversion happens in all tissues. So it happens in the thyroid gland itself. And for my total thyroidectomy or radioactive iodine patients, they're like, wait a minute, I don't have a thyroid. Right. It still happens in the peripheral tissues and in the gut. 
So we have to look at balancing the body so that that conversion can happen properly. That T4 to T3 conversion can occur and it doesn't get pushed to reverse T3. Okay. Yep. Liver. I know you asked about the liver. That's a base. So our, our liver is where hormones are processed, right? So whenever we see estrogen dominance, we have to look at liver, liver health, liver enzymes, we have to look and see if those are elevated. And really, even if they're not, I like, I, I really like to implement, I, I hesitate to say the word cleanse because everybody thinks it's just going to make you to go to the bathroom. Yeah. When I say cleanse. Just drinking green juice or not juice cleanse. cleanse. Yeah. <laughs> juice cleanse. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. But a liver support. So let's do an actual liver cleanse backslash support protocol every season every change of season, once a quarter, let's implement that so that you can keep those detoxification pathways open. We can methylate our hormones properly. It's just involved in all processing, get the toxins out of us. So we're not building up an overload of toxins, which can interfere with thyroid function. Yeah. That's a huge issue that I see when you do serum blood work, you get the serum hormones, but that's not the whole picture. So you may be missing some healing opportunities there. So we're looking at the labs. We're hopefully looking at a very narrow window of these hormones in relationship to each other. And then the doctor puts you on a medication. There's so many different options out there, just like birth control. It's like most of them are not looking at the root cause. What do you do once you're put on a medication? How do you know what's right for you? Are some better than others? Do we need to just take a step back in general? What do we do? Yeah. So multiple answers to that question. I'll try to break it down and be brief and understandable. So with the medications, we have the class of T4 medications only. And that's usually the first go-to with conventional medicine. Levo, Synthroid, uh, the upper echelon, like the the Beverly Hills version of T4 is the tyrosin. Costs a little bit more, (laughs) but very, very pure. Not a lot of fillers in it. So I like using that with sensitive patients. Then we have the T3, and these are under the synthetic. I hate the term synthetic because they do a great job. I mean, it's all about individualizing the treatment for each person and seeing how they respond to that particular protocol. But the the synthetics are your T4, and then you have T3, which is cytomel and leothyronine. Those are your synthetic versions of the two thyroid hormones, and they're separated. Then we have the natural desiccated thyroid category. That's your nature thyroid, your armor, your NP. That contains a combination of T4 and T3, usually from desiccated bovine or porcine thyroid glands. So they dry out a pig thyroid gland, put it in a pill. Still manufactured by a drug company. So a lot of people get pulled into the natural, natural desiccated thyroid. They go, I want to go natural. I go, you know, it's still made by a drug company, right? (laughs) There's still fillers in it and you're still going to pick it up at, at Walmart pharmacy. So yeah, those are the, the different classes of medication and what we use for each person varies. So we might start with one and we might find, listen, this isn't jiving with your body. So we have to go to plan B and let's try this over here. And then even as we test, like I said, NDT medication is T4 and T3. It also contains T1 and T2. We don't test for that, but we know that that helps with conversion. The synthetics don't have that. So sometimes we use a supplement containing T1 and T2 to help with the T4 conversion over to T3. We can do a combination of anything to find what works for you. And that's what boggles my mind. And years ago, I did a talk with a group of integrative wellness physicians 
all about the thyroid, about the testing. Why don't you test reverse T3? And then I, I posed the question, okay, if we think of antidepressants, if someone starts one and it doesn't work, you do another one. And if that one doesn't work, you do another one. And if that one doesn't work, you combine two together, maybe throw in an antipsychotic and you know, see how that goes. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> but you won't use more than one thyroid medication. I go, why? There's so many out there and we can combine it in different ways to change the ratio. Yeah. One doc raises his hand goes, that's all we've learned. Wow. Okay. Point. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for the honesty, but how about we yeah. expand? And these are integrative wellness physicians in hmm. an integrative wellness center. <laughs> we should be thinking outside of the synthroid box, not mm-hmm. staying in it. Yeah. Yeah. Such the a learning point. never ends. Never keep, keep exploring. So once someone is on a medication, what would make you change it? Are you doing regular lab testing? Is it more symptom-based or is it a combination? Usually more symptom-based okay. because just like you found that nat- nature thread made you worse and you were on nature thread, right? Not NP. Yeah. Yeah. yeah nature thread made you worse, right? So then my question would be at that time when you were taking it, it made you worse. What was your reverse T3? Was there too much T4 in it? And not enough T3 to satisfy your body. And then what did you have going on internally that was pushing up the reverse T3, making you worse when you took the nature throid? So for you, what I would have done is probably pulled you off of that, of the NDT, put you on the synthetics, T4, T3. That's where we start. Now, some people are T3 only. I am. I do not convert at all. If you give me T4, I will get worse. In a heartbeat, in a week, I will gain 10 pounds if you give me T4 because all of that T4 gets converted to reverse T3 in me. Now, in you, when we start, in most patients, when we start, most people do convert. If we look at the conversion issues, we look at your insulin. Do you have any co-infections going on like Epstein-Barr virus and Lyme? Let's look at your nutrient panel. Let's look at your, your hormone panel. Let's look at all those things that interfere with conversion, but then it might come down to, you might need a different ratio. So maybe for you, I would do tyrosine, which is the, the Mac Daddy T4, but just a little, little bit. And then add in some T3 very slowly, split dosing that T3 a couple times a day to keep the T3 in your system. Then we go, okay, now how do you feel after a couple of weeks on that? And, and, and we just keep tweaking it until you're like, yeah, you know what? Okay, I have better energy. My clothes are fitting better. I, I think I see the light now. Okay, then we test. Yeah. Then we test and we go, let's pair the testing up with how you feel because now we're starting to get somewhere and we can see the little tweaks we might have to make in the dose based on your testing paired up with your symptoms. Hey, biohackers. I want to interrupt this episode to tell you about one of our favorite companies for mitigating the dangers of EMFs and radiation. Defender Shield is leading the way in this industry. We know it's not practical to never pick up your cell phone or use your computer. Our modern lifestyles really depend on this technology, but we can make the best efforts to reduce our exposure because we are surrounded by these in everyday life everywhere we go. The Defender Shield product line incorporates a range of sophisticated, non-toxic, human-safe alloys and materials that conduct, absorb, and dissipate up to 99.9% of EMF radiation frequencies from 0 to 90 gigahertz, including the entire fifth-generation spectrum. No other mobile device shielding in the world blocks frequencies up to 90 gigahertz. 
Modern science knows of no other way of shielding this broad spectrum range of radiation from devices such as laptops, tablets, and cell phones without utilizing a multi-layer solution to block these frequencies. Our favorite products are the laptop shield. I have it under my computer right now, the cell phone cases, and I have an amazing fanny pack. So anytime I'm out and about, my cell phone is in my fanny pack and not against my body or against my organs producing this oxidative stress. They also have clothing, blankets, travel gear, blue light blockers. They have so many fun things on their website and they have offered us a 10% discount. You can use code biohackerbabes at checkout to save 10% off of these life-saving products. We hope you enjoy them. Wow. It makes so much sense to do the individual chemistry. I mean, we do that with food, with you know, nutrition, exercise. Everyone has their own puzzle. Why would we not do that for medication? Right. But for right. so long, it was like, this is how you feel. Here you go. Here's your script. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, we either have this weight loss resistance or, you know, maybe losing too much. You started out today talking about how you were doing everything right with the bodybuilding competitions and you were just gaining. So for a woman that is kind of stuck in that and maybe like stress hormones are going up because you're just so frustrated. Yep. What sort of uh, foundational principles, what lifestyle principles can they start to change to support that while we're working towards getting the labs and, and finding that perfect ratio? Mm-hmm. So a few things. Number one, nutritionally, you got to remove gluten. It's not just a fad. It's not, I promise you, this is not <laughs> a fad you. diet. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> you got to remove gluten, not a fat. I mean, I, I think so many people, I think it got the gluten-free diet got a really bad rap years ago and still does to a point when mm-hmm. everyone jumped on the gluten-free bandwagon and replaced literally everything in their pantry with something gluten-free. So now yeah. I have gluten-free pretzels and gluten-free cookies and gluten-free bread and gluten-free crackers and <laughs> corn and tapioca and all this other crap. Exactly. All the crap that's in it. And they didn't realize when they were saying, well, I didn't lose weight, this gluten-free thing. It didn't work for me. I don't feel better. No, because you're kicking up inflammation and spiking your insulin left and right by all the gluten-free quote-unquote products. Whereas yeah. true gluten-free, yeah, you can use those products as little crutches. That's fine, but you don't want to rely on it. So you want to really clean up your diet, clean out your life and go gluten-free because we know, we know in science, we know in the medical literature that gluten will spur on an autoimmune attack. It will raise your antibodies. I've seen it happen with my patients. I've had patients go on vacation or it's a holiday and they're like, oh yeah, now my antibodies are way up because I did it to myself. And we see it, we're like, okay, yeah, your antibodies spike, but you know why. So let's just reel it back in and not worry about it. Gluten is a big one. Sleep. So when I get back to the basics, I always say, you know what? Let's let's just talk about sleep. Are you turning off your phone, your computer, a couple hours before bed? Are you wearing blue light blocking glasses to block the blue lights? You know, how are you sleeping? Because if you're not going to bed early enough, if you're not getting in that 10 to 2, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. window where you get that deep, restorative, healing sleep, that's a problem. If you're a night owl, that's a problem. Not getting enough sleep. It's so basic and so simple, but it's so impactful one way or the other. If you're not getting enough sleep, your insulin's going up. You're going to be hungry. You're going to crave food. Uh, you're going to have inflammation. You, I mean, your body's just going to be a disaster. Cortisol is going to go up. That cortisol will interfere with T4 to T3 conversion. So it's, it's mm-hmm. that beautiful connection this again that you can easily screw yeah. up. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So those are the so lifestyle. Important. I mean, sleep, eating, Question about 
question about the gluten. Is that because I've heard like it mimics the thyroid gland or like what's going on there? Is that true? Molecular mimicry. Yes. Okay. So those little soldiers that we talked about, whether you have 15 or a thousand, they're in their barracks and they're just waiting. They're waiting for you to do something so they can go out and attack your thyroid. So you eat gluten. <laughs> How nice. <laughs> right? Yeah. They're just, they're hanging out and they're, they're building their camp, by the way. So they have nothing else to do. They have nothing else to do. <laughs> and they're so confused. You know, they just, they think your thyroid's a bad guy. So you eat gluten and there is a molecular mimicry to the thyroid gland to where the soldiers go out and they go, okay, hey, this looks like the thyroid coming in. Do, do, do. All right, we're going to beat it up and we're going to attack it. Oh, look, there's the thyroid gland over there too. Do, do, do. Okay, we're going to go over here. So you are bringing on an attack of your thyroid by eating gluten because those guys go out and they attack the gluten and then they go next door and attack your thyroid too. So now you have lower thyroid function. You have less thyroid tissue. So less thyroid tissue equals low T4, low T3, and less conversion of T4 to T3 in the thyroid gland. Now, I mean, things aren't going to, if I came and beat you up on a daily basis, you're not going to do your job very well, are you? So <laughs> when we beat up the thyroid and break down that tissue, you simply cannot have the amount of thyroid hormone that your body needs, that your tissues need, that your cells need, that your heart needs, that your brain needs, that your metabolism needs. Yeah, yeah. it's chronic stressor. So how do the adrenals fit into that piece? We know like if your stress is chronically elevated, just like you said, the thyroid, it's going to be lower, lower. Your baseline is going to be lowered. How does that fit in between the hypothalamus talking to the pituitary and then talking to the thyroid or the adrenals? Yep. So the HPT, HPA axis. So you have the hypothalamus talking, like you said, hypothalamus talks to pituitary, talks to thyroid, hypothalamus talks to pituitary, talks to the adrenals. I think the term, the, the term adrenal fatigue gets thrown <laughs> a lot around a lot. And it's, it's overused because you'll hear people that are just exhausted. Oh, I think I blew up my adrenals. And it's like, no, the only time I have seen true adrenal fatigue where you are, you have no cortisol, you're flatlined is in really extreme stress situations. I had a patient that lost her son, lost her 20 year old son in an accident and got divorced all in the same year. I mean, she was flatlined. Mm. Her, her adrenals had pumped out cortisol to get her through the stress and then just quit. Done. No cortisol at all. Now, we have to remember that we need cortisol to survive. We can't villainize cortisol because it, it's one of those hormones that are needed for survival. Insulin's needed for survival. You don't want too much. Thyroid hormones are needed for survival. You don't want too little. Cortisol is needed for survival. You don't want too much or too little. So when that cortisol goes out to do its job, I mean, cortisol is actually anti-inflammatory. We want it to some extent, but we want it in the proper output. We want that diurnal curve to be high in the morning to wake us up and then gradually go down throughout the day and be low at night to let us fall asleep. So if you're pumping out cortisol because you're stressed, you're not sleeping, you're eating poorly all day long, then that high cortisol will interfere with T4 to T3 conversion and will actually produce inflammation. It'll spike your blood sugar, it'll spike your insulin, it'll make you gain weights, and it will interfere with thyroid functioning. Low cortisol is also a problem because T3 needs cortisol and cortisol needs T3. So now you're trying to, to, to supplement with T3, but someone has is bottomed out cortisol. You need to work on that. You need to work on both at the same time. You give them the thyroid hormone and maybe we do a, a different dosing pattern based on their, their cortisol pattern, but we also have to nurture the adrenals and get that going again. So we, we always want to check the adrenals 
that has to be done with a four-point salivary cortisol panel. You cannot just go into your doctor and say, can you test my cortisol? They'll do it in the morning. It'll be a blood <laughs> test and you get one marker. And that tells yeah. us nothing. Yeah. And you're yeah. really stressed out because you're at the doctor's and you probably right. drove there through traffic. Right. And- <laughs> exactly. Just delete exactly. that off the labs. Yeah. 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 Just in the tube at home. It's way easier. And then we do it again. Yeah. That, that for those four points, we actually get to see that pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that so test. Helpful. Yeah. I had that flatline cortisol. Did you really? I did after. So I had mono. I had a really bad case of mono, like six months. Mm -hmm. And then I rolled right into senior year of college where I had a full-time job and was doing 22 credits a semester while fighting Epstein-Barr. I graduated and I just like, Yeah, you crashed. You just crashed. Yeah, And that's a really good point too for people. It's usually after the stressor. It's not yeah, during that's your amazing. body will get you through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our bodies are so, resilient. so smart. It's after the stressor that you'll crash. Yeah. yeah. But it's crazy how people will just keep pushing through. And I see that with people that are on these thyroid medications are not dealing with their cortisol, their adrenals, their stress markers, but they're on the medication that's somehow getting them through. I'm like, oh, what's going to happen next? Right. What is that motivation that we can give people to really look at the underlying issues because the medicine, the medicine's not everything. It's not. No, you bring up a very good point. So a lot of, a a lot of my patients will say, I want to do this naturally. Now, let me preface that with, if you have had a thyroidectomy, a total thyroidectomy, if you've had radioactive iodine on your thyroid, if you've had a partial thyroidectomy, if you are in the advanced stages of Hashimoto's where there's not much thyroid gland left, you need thyroid hormone replacement therapy. We need to use medication in that case. But if we catch it early, which is the message, I mean, let's let's do the proper testing, the full testing, catch it early. We can keep you off medication because we're finding out what is driving those antibodies, right? If, if it's Hashimoto's and we're catching it in stage one or stage two of Hashi, maybe even stage three, we can figure out what are, what's driving those, those antibodies. Is it Epstein-Barr virus? That's a big one. That is a big one. When we test it, mm. I mean, I tell people, have you ever had, do you remember having mono? And you know, no, I don't remember having mono. But you did at some point in time. It just wasn't as bad as yours was where it totally crashed you. Maybe it was just a bad cold. Your mom kept you home from school. But Epstein-Barr virus, that's a driver of Hashimoto antibodies. Gluten, like we talked about before, Extreme stress, extreme dieting, over-exercising, you know, doing CrossFit six, seven days a week, probably not a great idea because then you Oof. have the cortisol <laughs> issues over here. You got the blood sugar issues. You got high insulin. You're lacking micronutrients. So all of those factors we can, we can address and fix. Then we lower the antibodies, watch that T3 come up a little bit, use some supplementation if we have to, and then you can stay off the medication. So there's a, a yeah. bunch of different ways to do it. It's all where you are in your journey and, mm-hmm. and what fits you and your body the best. I want people thriving. I want people optimized and living their best badass human self. And in order to do that, we have to look at a variety of different factors. We cannot, and you, uh, your listeners, listen, you cannot accept feeling like garbage. Do not accept, here's a pill, go on your way, thanks, bye-bye. If you still feel like crap after that for weeks and weeks and weeks or months, like I did, you got to you got to keep going. You got to keep digging. You need to find the answers because you're not met. Yeah. We were not built to walk around feeling like garbage. 
But no. it's, not, it's not how we were built at all. No. So you don't have to accept it. There is an answer and there's things that we can do. You just have to get that knowledge. Yeah. Amazing. That's Thank so you for inspiring. saying that. Yeah. I think a lot of people need to hear that. Yeah. For yep. sure. It's, it's easy to get sucked into... I'll even call it the insurance rabbit hole. So we're probably going down a rabbit hole by bringing this up. But but I got to tell I mean, this is an important piece. If you keep going from doctor to doctor and endocrinologist to specialist to, and, and you're hoping that your insurance, listen, insurance lets your doctor spend five to seven minutes with you. That is it. Do you think that they can look at all these? So we just talked about this for half an hour, 40 minutes. Do you think that they're going to, test thoroughly and look at all those different factors in five to seven minutes. No, they're going to write you a pill and it's probably going to be a Band-Aid. You're going to get an antidepressant, a blood pressure medication, maybe a statin and a sleeping pill and some Pepsid for your your heartburn. And and that's it. I mean, you are going to get a bunch of different Band-Aids and you're never going to be looked at thoroughly. You might have to pay out of pocket, but it's worth it. It is worth it for somebody to sit down who cares about you and is going to spend more than yeah. five to seven minutes with you. Yeah. yeah It'd exactly. be one thing if they acknowledged that it was a Band-Aid or said, here's a medication. This is only a Band-Aid. You can take this for now, but we're going to have to look deeper. But they never say that, do they? They're like, yeah. here's the script. Have a great day. <laughs> they don't have time. Yeah. yeah. And they're so other- not getting into the biohacking. They're not telling people to do red light therapy. Hey, how about you do an infrared yeah. sauna? You do, nope. you know, all the different things that actually can Red light therapy is fantastic for the thyroid. Fantastic. I've had patients stay off thyroid medication by doing that on a regular basis. I mean, regular wow. basis, one, two times a day. But yeah, it's, it's fantastic. But you don't hear about that in no. medicine. You just don't. Yeah. Yeah, That's the a great light therapy biohack. in general is just such a plethora of help. <laughs> yep. Just dealing with your blue light exposure, especially at nighttime, making sure you're balancing outdoor light to indoor light. No one's talking about that. It's crazy. No. Yep. Yeah. Are there any other biohacks like that? You said red light. Did I hear you say sauna? Infrared sauna. Infrared so, sauna. You know, maybe you pop into your hot yoga class. They're using the infrared heaters. And I always tell people, listen, hot yoga... It does something to the metabolism that is just phenomenal. And it really helps your body detox. So any kind of heat stress, cold stress. So whether it's doing hot yoga, going in an infrared sauna, or doing like a Wim Hof shower where you crank that bad boy all the way to cold and you <laughs> you do yep. this for 30 seconds <laughs> in two minutes. Those stressors trigger our body to actually lower inflammation to work better. Uh, the blood flow increases and it bumps up our metabolism. So when we're talking about fat burning, because weight is a big thing with, with women, I mean, we know that, right? Our, our weight is our main focus. I don't care about being tired. Just get these extra 20 pounds off of me. And that is a, that is a great way to spur on weight loss and to help your metabolism. So it's definitely going to help your thyroid function better and it's going to help process the hormones. So we talked about the liver and detoxification pathways. If your liver isn't detoxifying, you're going to get an estrogen buildup. If you're overweight, estrogen lives in the fat. So if you're not sweating, if you're not processing, if you're not pushing things through, if you're not detoxifying, that's going to interfere with weight, with thyroid function, with hormone balance as well. So infrared sauna is a big one. Um, I'm trying to think. Heat, cold, red light therapy. I don't know, throw some others at me and I'll say yes or no. <laughs> what are your thoughts on those. fasting for premenopausal, peri, and postmenopausal? Okay, so fasting has to be natural. 
It has to be, it has to come naturally. So especially if you know that you have a thyroid problem, if you've been diagnosed, you know it, and you really want to get that weight off, right? And you've heard that intermittent fasting is great, and it is, but you do not want to, if you wake up and you are starving, I mean, you know those, where you, and you have your diet on track, so we're not waking up starving just because you ate pasta the night before. I mean, your, your diet is nice and clean. We got that down pat but it's a morning that you're like, today I'm going to do an 18 hour fast. And you set it because you're a type A and you're like, I'm going to do it. And then you wake <laughs> up and you're hungry. You don't want to override that. You want to just eat, just chalk that up to a day that it's not right for intermittent fasting. But you also know the flip side, those days where you wake up and you're like, yeah, I'm good. I- I'm all right. I can do a cup of coffee. I could do a cup of coffee, maybe with some collagen, heavy whipping cream, organic, heavy whipping cream, whatever and still stay in that fasted state. And maybe you eat around, you know, 12, one, two. When your body gives you that hunger signal, when you get to that place of like, okay, this is it. I, I Now I'm getting eh, kind of icky. I'm going to eat. But intermittent fasting is fantastic. It has so many benefits, so many, especially with the insulin resistant component. Because like I said, so many hypothyroid patients are insulin resistant as well. So it really helps with that, helps lower inflammation, but you have to do it naturally. You cannot force a fast. I couldn't agree more. I have Tuesdays as my set. I'm going to try fasting on this day, and it depends on where I am in my cycle. Today, I'm day 16, so I'm kind of like in between. Like I was just, I had just added more calories in the last week, but I'm in that phase where maybe I could start fasting again. I woke up this morning. I was like, ah, not feeling it. Not so I I pushed my window a little further, but I broke my fast way sooner than I normally do because I was like, this is what my body's telling me. So I yeah, appreciate intuition. I appreciate you saying that. Listening to your body. Yep. I, I see too many people, especially when intermittent fasting came out and it really gained momentum and it's fantastic. I'm glad it did. I'm glad it came into mainstream and we have a lot of people talking about it, but it, I mean, I myself am guilty of it. I, I overdid it. I had it, you know, I would have it in my, today I'm going to do an OMAD. I'm going to do one meal a day today. <laughs> And, you know, by two o'clock when I actually had a brick and mortar office that I used pre pandemic, I would, I I would be, I couldn't get food. I mean, I was back to back with patients. I couldn't leave, but I was dying. I was like Mm -hmm. all lightheaded and feeling like garbage. So that wasn't a good idea. I should have listened to my body and not push past that, that signal. Yeah. The pushing is where we get into trouble. So helpful. Mm -hmm. What about other things we can do at home? Like checking our basal body temperature. Is that worth doing for women? So a lot of thyroid experts are big on taking vitals. I am. It's very helpful in the beginning to see if, if what we're doing is actually, like you said, raising your body temperature. So one thing to do, even before you're diagnosed, take your morning body temperature, preferably with an old school mercury thermometer. If you can get one, don't use a digital, use a regular thermometer even the non-mercury ones, use a regular old thermometer, stick it under your tongue before you put your feet on the floor. So it literally has to be, you open your eyes, you roll over, you take your body temp, let it register, write it down, then get up. Do not take mm-hmm. your temperature after you've already sat up, stood up. It, it, you're, it's already starting to come back up. So temperature, heart rate, and blood pressure are all ones that usually are pretty, actually abnormally low with hypothyroid patients because everything is low and slow in hypo. Mm. With the with the heart rate, that's interesting because I will get patients that say, well, I, I don't know if I should be worried. My heart rate went from 55 to 65. 
I'm like, okay, you're, you're coming back into normal. Like right now mine's 90. I mean, I'm sitting here and, and it, that 55 isn't indicative of you being an athlete. It's indicative of you being in a hypo state. Your heart rate's too low. Now it's starting mm. to come back into the human realm. And, and same with body temp. If body temp is low, you're hypo. We want to see that start to climb. Sometimes blood pressure can be too low and that's where people will get a little bit dizzy and that will contribute to their brain fog and confusion. And we want to see blood pressure go up as we start to optimize your thyroid. Yeah. Those are all great things that we can be testing at home. I love Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. That's an easy test. Now there's a point at which, you know, once you're optimized, I I don't test my temp or heart rate or blood pressure anymore. I just know, you know, I know, I know my body, I know where I'm at, but for some people that those biomarkers are handy so they can actually see their progress too. Right. Yeah, that that's makes sense. such a goal to get to a place where you have your intuition, you just know you've done the testing and then you can just tune in and listen. I love that. So I think that's a goal for all women out there, all, all humans, Definitely. <laughs> all humans. Definitely. <laughs> Dr. Amy, this has been amazing. I learned so much today. We want to wrap up with one final piece of advice. If you give our audience one thing they can start working on today to optimize either their thyroid specifically or health in general, what would it be? So I have two. Number one, listen to your body. That's the biggest one. Just just tune into your body, listen to your body, and believe your body because you know your body than anybody else. And you know when something's not right. You know when something is off. And when that's off, that is your signal that you have, we got to test more. We got to do something because you're not supposed to walk around like that. You're not supposed to walk around feeling off and you do not accept anyone, doctor, nurse practitioner, whoever you see, you do not accept them telling you that you're just getting older or eat less and exercise more because that's a bunch of BS and that's not an answer and that's their way of escaping. And then the second piece would be, if your doctor says no to testing, it's time to get a new doc because it is no money out of their pocket, no skin off their back to write that script for those tests that you want for you to see your status of your thyroid and your body and your hormones. That is is you requesting testing to get the full picture of you. So there there is no reason, unless they say, you know, Susie, I'm sorry, this is going to cost probably like two grand if we test this. If they give you an answer, there are other ways to order your own lab test. If they give you an answer, okay, fine. That's the, that's their educated answer. If they just say, no, I don't do that. Next, next, fire mm-hmm. them. Go get a new doc. Mm-hmm. That's great advice. Awesome. Yeah. I know you use Ulta Labs. So for someone out there that wants to do labs through, you know, they're an external source, can they bring it to their doctor? Can they bring it to you? What are some options oh, after yeah. that? It's so easy. So Alta Labs is by far the least expensive order your own lab site and it's easy to do. So I have the link on, on my website at the bottom. I have the link to Alta. It says order your own lab test. You just click that and you can get anything. I mean, anything. So if you're only missing, let's say free T3 and reverse T3, you can just order those and you put them in your cart and you put in your zip code. And it tells you where you can go. And it's usually the same lab draw stations you're going to right now anyways. LabCorp, Quest, ACL, whatever they're called, wherever you are in the world. But you just print that out. You walk in, you hand it to them because you already paid and you get your labs drawn. And then they come into your portal and you can share those results with me. If you're working with me, you can share them with your doctor. It's so easy and so affordable. And I know even some people that have insurance that have, high co-pays on labs, they will use Alta too because it's it's so cheap. 
It's great. Mm -hmm. And they can put on there whatever they, whatever you want to order on yourself, you can order it on yourself. Absolutely. Or if you're working with me, I can tell you what we want to see. You know, really that's in order to get that full picture. Sometimes you have to go that route. Yeah. Yeah. Put it in your cart. (laughs) I use Ulta myself to do a full thyroid panel. I try and do like every one to two years. And yeah, it's so cheap. And I have I have health insurance and I just don't use it because my copays would be more than just ordering the it's labs. A sometimes yeah. to deal with the insurance. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy sometimes with insurance. So yeah. 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 Great. So, Thank you for that great. advice. Yeah. So to learn more from Dr. Amy, you can go to can you uh share with us your website and any social? Yeah, absolutely. So it's dramyhorneman.com is my website. So it's dr. And you, you guys can put that link in the show notes and uh, then, yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then on Instagram, I'm at Dr. Amy Horniman on Instagram, same on Facebook and then YouTube channel, just search for my name and you'll see my YouTube channel too. My podcast is a thyroid fixer podcast. That's on all platforms. And that's where we really deep dive into a ton, just a lot of content, a lot of education. So you can kind of binge that just like I did with you guys' podcast. Just binge it and get the info and just soak it in. Just soak it in. Yes. Your podcast is filled with information. We love it. Yes. We just scratched the surface today. So if you want to learn more, head over to that podcast. It's amazing. Dr. Amy, thank you so much for joining us today. I think I tried to combine thank you and thyroid. That didn't work out. Thank you (laughs) for sharing your thyroid information. (laughs) Absolutely. My pleasure. Love it. Yeah. And thanks to everyone at home that tuned in today. We'll see you next time. Love this episode of the Biohacker Babes podcast? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. Until then, happy biohacking. This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional.